Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Z-Pack. It's uh, Dr. Z, ZDogMD. If you're nasty, check it out. I recently did a rant that went viral talking about how physicians during this COVID epidemic are struggling to have a voice. So many things are moving right now from their income stability to changes in what they're, they signed up for a particular contract and now they're being asked to do things that are way out of contract. How can we do better in an environment where all the forces are making it so confusing? Well, Kyle Clausen, who's an attorney and co-founded a company, he's the CEO of uh, a physician-founded company called Resolve. They've worked with the White Coat Investor and Physician Mothers Group and all these other groups to help doctors empower themselves to actually take control of contract negotiations and in situations where they really feel lost because we're never trained to do this stuff. And Kyle reached out and he's like, I saw your video. I want to support an episode where I help to teach you guys about tools that are available to actually support you during this difficult time. So Kyle's here. Kyle Clausen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Now, did I miss anything in that introduction about what you do or your no, background? You were, you were spot on. You got it. No formal training. <laughs> zero yeah so zero. Tell, tell me when we got on a call because look i'm always skeptical you're a lawyer and doctors yeah. and lawyers it's like dogs and cats living together mass hysteria there's always been this tension because we're not trained in the legal aspects and the business aspects and that kind of thing and yet we're sent out in the world uh from to go man the front lines with big organizations now that do have all these legal resources and contractual stuff that favors them so how did you sort of get involved in this and you know what what sort of drives you in this sure so resolve interestingly was founded by a physician you mentioned that earlier and he shared the same i think uh, opinion of most attorneys that you just laid out <laughs> and thought it'd be a really good idea to, to form a company that would supply physicians with the information that they need so when you're going through these contract discussions you've got someone who's seen thousands of these contracts and can tell you what's normal what's not normal what your compensation numbers should look like what they shouldn't look like and and really empower you guys because if you if you all get the right information you make good decisions and so it's not we don't we don't feel like we're doing anything other than providing you with that ammunition to go into those discussions and what is so this is something when i signed up with my big multi-specialty group straight out of school they gave me a big old contract and it had a ton of stuff in it, including a non-compete clause, including, right. you know, call schedule, including other things like that and partnership track and all this other. I could not figure it out. I, my brother-in-law who was a, a lawyer, but he was a bankruptcy attorney kind of looked at it and said, there is so much stuff in this contract that mm -hmm. is terrible for you. You need to go and negotiate it. And I said, I don't have a clue how to do that. And you're all the way in North Carolina. What do I do? And I just ended up signing it like a ding sure. dong. And so are you seeing this? Are physicians just signing in the dotted line, not knowing they have actual leverage here? 
Well, I think absolutely. The statistics would support that too. You know, roughly 50% of all physicians leave their first job. And a lot of that is because of what you just mentioned. They sign a contract that doesn't work out or the promises aren't being fulfilled. And so, um, you know, what we're seeing today with all this COVID, you know, employment issues that are happening uh, is really uh, just a testament to why you need to have a contract that fits, you know, your situation. Yeah. Now, what's going on in COVID specifically? Because there's so much happening now that has thrown everything into disarray. G- give us a scoop on that and how we can have resources to help that because people are scared. Sure. So physicians are just, they're seeing for the first time, right, a situation where they're not being supported, whether that's through PPE, whether that's, you know, through other administrative decisions. And then what we're seeing contractually is folks that have signed contracts that say that they have either a base salary or certain production numbers or certain hour guarantees that they're just being told unilaterally your comps being cut in half, right? Mm -hmm. So you're no longer making X number of dollars. It's 50% of that. So, you know, this is crazy because my wife and I were talking this morning and I'm like, you know, people's, people's salaries are being cut. People are being furloughed. Things are happening right now because the revenue generating machine in this country is elective procedures. So big physician groups don't make money on primary care. It's a loss leader. They don't make money on preventing disease. That's a loss leader. In fact, preventing disease costs them money. Elective procedures are what make them money. And when those have gone away, because they have, the entire house of cards starts to crumble. Who is going to suffer? The frontline physicians, because even though they're there in contract, they're being told exactly what you said, that, that their salaries are being cut. And so is this a violation of contract? Like, how do we deal with that? Yeah, N- nearly every contract that we see has a clause in it that says this contract can only be amended in writing signed by both parties, okay? Mm-hmm. And so a unilateral decision on that would look to most of us like a breach of contract, right? If you haven't signed off on this new comp scale, um, they're supposed to continue on with what they promised you last year. Yeah. But so what leverage do we have if they have no, if they are saying that they can't pay you, are they going to then just fire you or lay you off? Is that a violation of the contract? Yeah. Let's, let's walk through your, your options. I think option one is you agree to sign it, right? And then you're, you're compliant and you, you've lost compensation. Option two is you don't sign it, which forces their hand to either continue to pay you or negotiate with you to find some terms that are agreeable, or they've got to let you go and they've got to follow the termination procedures of the contract. So Minus one of those three things happening, you know, it looks like they're in breach of contract. And are so are you advising physicians now in the setting of COVID on these things that are coming up? Yeah, absolutely. We're we're receiving, you know, hundreds of emails and calls right now about these situations. Hey, you know, I'm being forced to take paid time off, but they're still wanting me to take call. Um, you know, my compensation just got cut in half. Um, I was supposed to be offered partnership, and now I'm no longer offered partnership. They're they're pushing that off. Uh, my Q1 production bonus, you know, I just killed Q1, and yeah, yeah. now I'm not going to be paid this bonus like I was supposed to be. All these questions are flowing in, and, and rightfully so. I mean, it's a it's a time when physicians are, you know, for the first time, I think, feeling some financial pressure from the institutions that are supposed to protect them. This is really fascinating to me because I've heard stories about people who were signed up on salary plans and are being moved to productivity plans where they eat what they kill in a situation right. where there are no elective visits. So they, right. and, and let, let, I want to say one thing because I think it's very important that people understand this. 
our system is so screwed up that we're paid to do things to people, we're paid for volume, we're paid fee for service, or we're paid in these contracts that Im involve doing a lot of stuff that isn't really helpful for patients. When that house of cards starts to crumble, right, and we're contractually bound to be paid, they're just, they just can't pay us, they just won't pay us. And so this, the, the, the ultimate ethical and moral question is, shouldn't that system be changed? Yes, but in the meantime, no. we're gonna need help to protect frontline physicians who've invested so much of their lives and their blood, sweat, and tears and are now putting their lives at risk uh, to have their contracts violated. And look, I actually have some compassion for the administrative side in that if they don't have the money, they don't have the money. But the problem is they had years to plan for this. No one did. We knew a pandemic was coming. No one did. It's their job to prepare us for this. They didn't. Now what's going to happen? The same lambs that go to the slaughter every time, the frontline clinicians are going to the slaughter. And it's just yeah. not fair. Well, to, to play off of that, um, you know, you, you think about in 2019, for the first time, there were more employed physicians than there were physicians in private practice. Well, that was okay. just in 2019 that that tipped. 2019, it's finally surpassed. And wow. so for, you know, that situation, I think there's a lot of reasons of why physicians are going employed. But one of them was for this financial security, right? You have a ton of student loan debt. You need a high guarantee amount. You don't want to mess with billing and administration and all that. So they went into this saying, hey, these large systems and you can, we all know who they are you can protect me, right? And so when you guys generate profit over the last five years of a billion dollars a year, whether you're profit or nonprofit, that's fine, you keep it and I'm okay with that. But now the first time, the last two or three weeks, we finally have a little financial pressure, you're gonna throw me out the window. And that that to me is the entire employment model is, is gonna have to be addressed. This, uh, what you just said is so important because these people had one job. Mm -hmm. That's why we hired them. That's why we gave our lives basically to work for them. Right. They had one job, which is to support us during this thing. Now they are trying, I think, but they failed at that one job. And mm -hmm. now we're laid, laid out. So here's a question. So mm -hmm. if, if, a, if a physician comes, and, okay, they're in, in this struggle, how would right. they then engage you resolve to actually help them because you know what's the practicalities of that sure yeah so right now we're offering actually some free consultations for this type of thing i mean it's, it's our only way to help during this crisis and so they can certainly email that over to COVID at resolve.net any questions they've got we're happy to try to answer those we'll put those links the other in, yeah. mm -hmm. thing that i i would want to come of this discussion is just that physicians would start to take a look at becoming a little more empowered, right, in their employment and having some leverage and actually being able to exert that because through all of the negotiations that we see, we can we can give you the information. We can say, hey, you're being underpaid by X number of dollars a year. And eight out of 10 physicians tell us, well, I don't want to push too hard, right? Well, they're, they've treated me really well. I don't necessarily want to do that. And so that's fine until things like this happen. And now you're seeing how you're getting treated in return. And so I think it's extremely important to keep that free agency, to keep the non-competes, which I think we need to talk about, out of the contract, because ultimately that's your leverage. Your leverage is to be able to walk across the street and say, fine, if you want to terminate me and cut my pay, that's okay, right? But I'm going to go across the street. I'm going to compete with you then. Okay, this is... Oh, this is brilliant. So this is what I really want to dig into now, because I have said to the ZPAC, I said, and I say this to nurses. Now you don't, you don't uh, deal with nurses, nurse practitioners, PAs, do you? Is it mostly doctors? So, so we were founded by a physician and we work mostly with doctors, but we do work with nurse practitioners, PAs, you know, et cetera, um, on a more limited basis. Right. Got it. <clears throat> okay. 
<laughs> I tell people, uh, Kyle, that if your organization is not treating you correctly, if they're violating your contract, if they're uh, behaving in a way that isn't very health 3.0, you are morally obligated to walk to a place that will fulfill that calling that you signed up for, and they exist. What stops that, and I did a rant on this that I haven't released yet, what stops that are non-compete clauses that these entities put into their contracts. Now, from their standpoint, I imagine they say, I'm investing a lot in recruiting a doctor, we're training him up, we're giving him epic training, we're spending all this money, we're supporting them with benefits. If they go walk with all that operational knowledge to a competitor or something else, we've lost all this money, so we put the non-compete in to keep them from doing that for some period of time. Sure. But what's your take on this? Yeah, so my, my take is, is that non-competes are allowed in society in general for places like Google and Amazon that you don't steal the secret sauce, right? You don't pull it away and, you know, they've lost all their R&D money. Um, healthcare is a different animal, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a public interest. It's a public service. Uh, patients are supposed to have the right to choose their doctor. And if their doctor has to get kicked out of town, it seems like those things don't coexist real well. And you know, I, there are certainly some states, right? California being one of them that has said for physicians, you can't have non-competes. You're not supposed to allow them. Okay. It doesn't mean that they're not getting put into contracts mm -hmm. and physicians are still scared on whether they're enforceable or whether they're not. And so it would be extremely wonderful if all the physicians would get together and just say, Hey, we're not signing these anymore. Right. We're, we're forcing the employers to allow us to be uh, free agents in the market. So that way, if you fail to protect me in the future, like you're doing right now, mm -hmm. I'm able to go wherever I want and mm. find these other organizations you're talking about that are actually run well. I agree hundred percent. Like, I think we need full liquidity because like you said, it's not an IP issue. It's not an intellectual property issue here. This is a service industry. Uh, unless they're doing research or they're doing something super secret, there's really a non-compete makes no sense. So you would review their contracts. You would say, these are the clauses that you should have them take out. You should say, here's your leverage. Here's how you approach yeah. this. Is that how you guys work? Yeah, no, absolutely. So we, we would say, here's, you know, what some other organizations, the ones that are maybe run well are doing with their non-competes, right? They're giving you carve outs for if there is a merger, right? If you're terminated without cause, like might happen right now, you're able to go wherever you need to. You can, you can have a non-compete and still massage it so it's fair for both parties. Um, because there are certain examples when a physician would come into town, build up their patients, take all the guaranteed money and then walk and compete. And that doesn't seem 100% fair. Yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, but the situation that we're in right now is is not that. I mean, that's this is a completely apples to oranges discussion. Right. Are you seeing a lot of physicians leaving employed groups and going into say direct practices, direct pay practices, kind of going off the grid, or is that not a phenomenon that you're experiencing? Well, it's not a trend. Previously, I think it's going to be really interesting in the next six to twelve months after this thing kind of gets a little calmer. Yeah. And, you know, Mark Cuban, uh, I'm a sports guy. And so he, he made a comment about how employees are going to remember how their brands and how their organizations treated them during this. And I think healthcare is going to certainly see that exact thing happen. A thousand percent, yes. And that's exactly what I said in my video. I said, we will not forget what you did when the ish hit the fan. We're gonna remember how we were treated. and. That also means, that also means, right? Because I wanna give a shout out to people who are doing this really well because they are out there and they're, 
they are, and these are even, you know, are some MBA administrators that are up all night trying to keep the lights on, trying to keep from furloughing people, trying to find resources. It, it, it's happening. So we cannot paint them all with one brush. I don't think that's fair, but we will say this, that we'll remember the good and we will remember the bad. And, and what's nice, what the reason I wanted you on the show when we talked, because remember I was skeptical. I'm like, wait, lawyers doing what? What are you trying to do? I got on a call with you and within a minute I was like, yes, because you can provide the leverage, the support, and the training for people who then allow themselves to express with their feet and their skills and their heart where they wanna be. So they will go to the organizations that are good without this friction of contract and confusion and fear and sort of false loyalty, almost a Stockholm syndrome where you start to believe and love your captor. Do you agree? Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And so. I brought one prop with me for this discussion. Nice. Okay. You know who Kurt Flood is? I do. Okay, so Kurt Flood was the guy that challenged free agency in sports. Yeah. He, he was the leader he lost, but he was the leader in that, and now obviously free agency is it's so common, the decision by LeBron and all this stuff, right? Well, if, if physicians didn't have non-competes, if they had data that showed them the entire market, here's every job you can have, here's all the contract details, boy, it'd be pretty tough for the bad administrators to have an argument against that. And I, I totally agree. There are some great administrators out there, some great health systems out there. So I don't want to paint it with a broad brush either. But, you know, when all we see is the bad coming in sometimes, it's hard to give them the benefit of the doubt. No, no, no. I, no, I hear you. And, you know, you and I are in the same boat. I get thousands of messages now per day from people right. in terrible situations. And these are, you can tell just through how they're writing. These are passionate physicians, nurses, respiratory, I mean, people on the front lines who are getting abused. And look, if it's, if they're misperceiving the abuse, in other words, if like, no, actually these guys are working really hard to help them, then the communication is lacking because they're not getting the message, which means that's bad leadership. That's an organization that is not integrated with a team where it's co-led by every single member of the team, which is an organic management style that we ought to have in healthcare, because healthcare, especially when we talk about 3.0, is everybody practicing at the top of their game, co-leading an organization. Right now, it's this dominator hierarchy if you know some business people who are tasked with making money. And, and, and again, it's not their fault. They're doing what they're incentivized to do. They're actually good people in a bad incentive system. So I think what you guys are doing, and it looks like all the fee structure and everything's on your website, so people can go poke in through the website and see what, what is going on there. So we talked about non-competes, we talked about what's going on with COVID, these violations of contract. Um, what do you think, so the longer term issue is free agency for nurses as well, for every member of the staff, that liquid workforce so that you go where your fit is because there's no one size fits all, and that's a crucial piece as well. So hopefully your efforts will help to sort of open the door for that for a lot of people. Yeah, no, we, we totally agree. And, and the the hierarchy you talked about, everybody's seen the chart about the ramp up in administration versus the ramp up in providers. Um, you know, that, that structure changes, and I think you'd have better communication. You wouldn't have to hop through eight people, you'd hop through one person, right, to get yeah. the information you need, to make the requests you need. And so, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it starts with the positions and it trickles, you know, all the way down to the nursing staff and communication is obviously key. Yeah, I'm with you a thousand percent. Any other uh, words of advice? We'll share all your links and things like that for people going through this difficult time. No, I just I just want to say thanks. And we appreciate you continuing to push that message because we do think 
if we put the physicians back in control, uh, everyone's going to see better outcomes, patients uh, and, and administration. I, mean, I think there's not going to be a shortage of revenue and people that need to be seen. So it can work. It's just it needs to work in a different way. I'm with you a thousand percent. Every single incentive needs to change. We need to grow the pie instead of trying to grab pieces of a shrinking pie. We need to support and love and care for each other as part of this organic system that is healthcare instead of this assembly line that is health 2.0 and this matrix that we're living in. And it will happen and COVID will actually be the catalyst. I'm convinced of it if we don't drop the ball, which is why I'm really glad to have you on the show. Kyle Clausen, thank you. Resolve.net will put up links. Uh, I want to thank everybody in the ZPAC who's working on the front lines right now, despite all the uncertainty, all the fear, all the financial turmoil that everybody's going through right now. Uh, it's unimaginable what you're asked to do and the fact that you do it every single day, despite all the odds. We will all never forget this. All right, guys. So do me a favor, share this video, check out the links and we out. Peace. Stay safe. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I want to hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.